There are 87 verses of prayers, <laughs> and now we're just uh, uh, getting the concluding words here from the Lord, Sri Narayana Rishi. Remember that Bhagavatam has conversations nested within conversations, so this is was being related to a conversation between Narayana Rishi. And Narada Muni would then tell about a previous conversation on Tapaloka, yeah, Janaloka, who was, uh, uh, Kumaras and others discussed. Is that right? I think I got the, got the sequence right? I think so. Mm-hmm. The other way around? No, that's fine. Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> We're just listening to the Okay, so text number 43, uh, this is uh, Lord Narayan, uh, yeah, he's telling the story, uh, uh, Narayan Arishi uh, uh, telling the story to, to Narada. So text number 43, say up to me. Iti Ashesha Samanaya Purana Upanishad Rasaha Samudrittaha Purva Jatai Vyoma Yanai Maha Atmavihi Ityashisha Samanas Excuse me Ityashisha Samanaya Puranopanishadrasaha Samudhita Purvajataya Yashisha Samanaya Puranopanishadrasaha Samudrita Purvajataya Yomiyanaya Mahatma Bihi Yashisha Samanaya Purvajataya 
Confidential mysteries. Rasaha, the nectar. Samudrita, distilled. Purva, in the distant past. Jatai, by those who were born. Vyoma, in the higher regions of the universe. Yanai, who travel. Maha Bihi, saintly persons. The translation, thus the ancient sages who travel in the upper heavens distilled this nectarium and confidential essence of all the Vedas and the Puranas. There's no purport here. I'm going to go read the next verse and then we'll do that together. There's a little purport and we'll do these two verses together. The text 44 uh, continues. Narayana Rishi continues speaking to Narada Muni. Tvam chaitat brahmadaya dha shraddhayatmanushasanam Dharam yams charakam kaman kamanam bhajanam nippam rinam, excuse me, kamanam bhajanam nirnam. As you and as you wander the earth at 
will, my dear son of Brahma, you should faithfully meditate on these instructions concerning the science of the self, which burns up the material desires of all men. The purport is, Narada, the son of Brahma, heard this account from Sri Narayana Rishi. The epithet, nice word, epithet, the epithet, Brahma Dayada, also means that Narada attained Brahman effortlessly, just as if it were his inherited birthright. Maum Vishnu Padaya Pishamrastaya Bhutaleshimati Bhaktivedanda Swaminiti Namane Namaste Sarasatte Deve Gauda Paripacharani Nivishesha Shunya Paripaschachari Satani Mugyanam Timuranda Syaganjana Shilakaya Chaksuru Miritam Jainam Tasmai Sri Gurave Namah Anshakalpatrubhyas Chakripa Sindhu Vyeva Chaptitanam Paladevyam Vaishnavyam Namah Namah so this verse begins with iti, thus. Uh, the word iti in Sanskrit uh, functions as a closed quotation mark. Uh, so it often means before what was said is a quotation. The trouble in Sanskrit, there's no beginning quotation mark. <laughs> so you, you know, sometimes you've got to figure out how much is included in that iti. But anyway, so... So this puts quotation marks uh, uh, around it because they're narrating what has been uh, 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 said before. In other words, Narayana Rishi has told, uh, is, 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 is telling here Narada uh, Muni, uh, this conversation happened long ago this is Purva, long ago, on a place called Tapaloka, where the four Kumaras were up there talking to each other, uh, performing a sacrifice of words, a Brahma Yajna, uh, the word uh, uh, Brahma, uh, as, as, as a neutral noun, literally means inspired speech. Uh, if you look up in the, in, the, in the dictionary, it's very interesting. I mean, the, the, the Sanskrit dictionary I have here is compiled by Europeans, but they go through all the texts and they attest where they get these definitions from. And that's Veda Brahman is inspired speech. And therefore the Vedas are also called Brahman. And then what they're talking about is called Brahman. <laughs> also. And so we, you know, in, in that same way of thinking, what, what makes speech inspired speech? Uh, uh, it's that's been infused with spiritual power. Uh, and so therefore, we have, you know, our idea, the name Krishna and Krishna himself are the same. Well, also this Brahman speech and Brahman itself, the transcendence, are the same also. And this, you know, this is the question that begins this whole chapter. How can uh, this be described in words? The, 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 how can the, the Vedas be describing transcendence 
when they're made of words, and the words are sometimes dealing with the material world. And of course, we find, this is my pet topic, we find that not only do the, 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 the Vedas describe the spiritual world, which we can't see and don't have access to, and now we know all about it, but then when they describe the material world, it's also the one that we don't see or that's revealed to us by modern material science. For example, where is this place? Tapaloka. Everyone been there? Anyone see it looking through their, you know, telescopes or whatever other means of searching out? Where is this Tapaloka? And there are people on this Tapaloka. Uh, you know, these are yeah, far out. Where is this place? Uh, so is this all imaginary? I mean, that's that's the well that we don't see them. It's not there. They must have, you know, they must have been in those days. You know, had this imaginary idea of the universe. So when you're dealing with this inspired speech, which is talking about this. You, you, you know, we, we have a, an interesting dilemma because you can say, okay, now this is what we're going to do. We're going, we're going to demythologize the scriptures. You know, this is a, a German theologian, Bultmann. Let's demythologize about the Christian scriptures. Let's demythologize. You know, they, they, the, the Christian uh, scriptures, it came, it's a, a different world. You know, they believed in this three tier world, you know. There, there, there's earth, there's heaven, there's hell beneath, and all this other stuff. And we know that's not there anymore. You know, we, we've learned that. This is, this is their mythological universe of the olden days, which has been completely debunked by, by our advancement in knowledge. And so, but somehow he wants to save the kerygma, the saving message of Jesus Christ, and preserve it, after we demythologize, he called it demythologize, right? That, that's and that's. Can you say his name again? Boltmann. Demythologization. Yeah. Uh, we have to. We have to. And his, his main was to kind of save the Christian method so it doesn't get junked with the rest of the stuff that we junked. Somehow this is still going to be here. We have to take it out of the, the this 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 ancient, archaic, ignorant uh, uh, context it was put in and bring it up. Well, there's a problem. <laughs> well, first of all, with us, man, it's really hard uh, you know, <laughs> to uh, pull something out. Because it, 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 but, but, but the thing is, here's the authority of Scripture. And it's the authority. We accept this is the authority. But then suddenly, okay, this I accept, and this I reject. Now who's the authority? I am. With my, with my contaminated consciousness, with my whatever thing, and now I'm saying, I pull this out and I leave this, that. Now, the, 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 in some ways, it's... Uh, 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 in the, the, the you know Judeo-Christian tradition, uh, God and the world are a little conceived of a little more separately than we do, because we say 
Janmadasyataha. Brahman is that from which everything comes. There's a connection. Right? And, uh, 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 or as we say, God is the material cause of the world, the ingredient cause. It comes out of Brahman. Whereas the, 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 the other one, you don't know exactly how God created the world, but the, the Christians decided he created it ex nihilo. It didn't emanate from God. It was created out of nothing. So there's like a, a kind of an ontological gap, you know. So presumably you can, you know, see the world in different ways and still, you know, keep something up there. Harder for us to do. Because you can see from our scriptures, you know, the, 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 the well, it's, it's, it's the Abrahamic faiths tradition, you know. I remember I had a uh, Ishmael al-Faruqi uh, who taught Islam at, at, at uh, Temple University. He, he says, according to Islam, the whole world is totally mundane, secular, there's nothing divine about it. It was created for human use and enjoyment. And God and the world are completely separate and there's only one place where they come into contact. That's the Quran. One point, an angel comes and speaks uh, to Muhammad, the Quran. Muhammad is not the incarnation, according to them. The Quran is the incarnation. He speaks the Quran to to Muhammad, and that's it. That's the only way. And therefore, the whole other world is simply there's nothing divine, sacred, anything about it. That was his version of Islam. There are other versions, of course, of it would be human if it didn't have any versions, but, but that, that, that's what he said, you know, and so that's the tendency, you know. Same, same with, 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 uh, with uh, of course, then they got another thing, and by the way, they, they got this rock in, in, in Mecca, you know, which they go and circumambulate and it's holy somehow or other, well, yeah, you know, so these things tend to... And then, of course, at least in the, in, in, the, in the Shia tradition, they also got saints who, you know, something anyway. So. Uh, but that, but that's, that tends to be the Abrahamic face. There's a real def, uh, difference, you know, of, what, of how, how to, to transcending God is and inaccessible. But we're, you know, we're more mixed up together. And it's a little hard. It's actually, if you look at what they're... People try to demythologize Christianity. You find out they got nothing left, uh, uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, well, here, here we have a here we have a description of the material world that, that's like much more elaborate, and spoken by people we regard as infallible. Uh, and, and so it's. Uh, uh, and their devotees, you know, especially you know when the fifth canto came out, uh, and then, then you know you see this whole universe that we don't experience uh, at all. And uh, Prabhupada defends it, you know, that the moon is a higher planet. He tells reporters in Los Angeles they didn't go to the moon. Then devotees started to freak out. Anyway. Um, the, the, the point is 
if, if I'm saying I accept this and I don't accept that, I've made myself the authority. Uh, we're supposed to accept the authority of Scripture. So, of course, what, what I did uh, when I was a new devotee and began to read uh, 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 Bhagavatam, because when I, when I first joined, it was not really available. Uh, the first Bhagavatam I read was, was in fact, the, uh, the first chapter, the second canto. The, the, the first canto hadn't been redone. And if you, once I moved into the temple, then I had access to the first canto because they were the books Prabhupada brought with him. And then the, the Bhagavatam that began to be published in America was one chapter at a time in little paperback, skinny paperback books they published the second canto, one after another. That was the, so, first step in God realization, second canto, which happens to be a description of the universal form. In fact, there's five descriptions of the universal form in the second and third canto, five of them. And then the whole fifth canto begins and ends with an announcement, this is a description of the universal form of the Lord. Uh, uh, so, so when I started to read these things that did not, you know, coincide with my sense experience or anybody's sense experience, uh, well, it's okay. Well, this part we reject, but this part we accept. And then I realized you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And Prabhupada certainly didn't do that. He seemed to take it all quite literally. Oh, this sounds like naive fundamentalism, you know? Like, as I've been taught to think, you've got to be a more sophisticated time. Well, sophisticated, you become the authority. But, but here, the, the, if the Bhagavatam is completely wrong about the world we see, uh, which is accessible to our perception, it's wrong about that, how can it be correct? How can you say, well, I like Krishna and Vrindavan? Well, you know, why is that sacrosanct all of a sudden? That's even harder to understand. How can, how can you have more knowledge about that which is really transcendent, but what's close at hand you're completely baffled about? So, then at some point Prabhupada said that when it comes to Shastra, uh, he said if you can doubt one thing, you can doubt the whole thing. So I had lots of doubts, and my, my procedure was put it in brackets. I said, "Okay, I accept this is true, but I don't, I don't understand how it's true." No, that, that that's been my procedure. I wouldn't deny because sometimes you see people have lots of doubts, but they're not allowed to say them because as soon as you express them, somebody calls you a demon. I mean, this used to happen in the early days a lot, you know, before everybody turned out to be a demon. <laughs> but so people couldn't say it, and then you'd say something. Well, this is real. This is you know, how can you say this? this is wrong? And you know, people would like jump down his throat. And people learn just to shut up, but the things are still in your heart. You have to be able to express them, uh, and that's what that's what we're instructed to do. You have doubts; you're supposed to bring them up. Uh, and, and, and of course, what, what Prabhupada said about this in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, uh, you remember? I can't, I can't, I can't. I don't have the book with me right now. I can't quote 
chapter and verse, unfortunately, but but uh, Arjuna brought up his doubts to Krishna, and Krishna's address says Madhusudana, the killer of the Madhu demon, and Prabhupada writes in the uh, in the purport that these doubts are like demons, and therefore you have to bring them to Krishna to be destroyed, and he can he could destroy them. But that was widely interpreted among different people. I said that anyone who has a doubt is a demon, which is not what it says. So the first art is to actually see what the text says, you know, and learn how to read, which is unfortunately a lost art pretty much, you know, uh, to read the text very closely. You know, what does it actually say? What are they trying to tell us? Well, you know, and pay very close attention instead of like, these doubts are like demons, and then you think you read that anyone who has a doubt is a demon. That's like very different, you know. But, but uh, uh, so 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 anyway, here th- this is this conversation about the Upanishads, or tell the truth about the ten, uh, about transcendence, took place uh, in this planet. Well, that's wrong. Well, I like the I like the transcendent, you know. But here are the Upanishads themselves, and, and where is this Narayan Rishi? Well, even today he's somewhere up there in the Himalayas. He's there now. When's the last time you saw him? You know, people are trampling all over the place in the Himalayas. Has anyone seen him? Where is his ashram with with the with the Berry trees, <laughs> up there somewhere, you know. Uh, so uh, uh, this is this is uh, uh, so you know the the thing is that I, we accept that it's true. Now, how is it true? And, and uh, 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 then Prabhupada has uh, our temple of the Vedic planetarium, he takes the most difficult, for many people, part of the Bhagavad, the most challenging part, which is about this world, and makes it the centerpiece of, the, of this temple of Mayapur. I thought that was an amazing thing to do. He didn't, nor did he ever, you know, shy away from dealing with this, this thing. Uh, so, so here, here is uh, the, the, this, uh, this conversation that, that takes place. And, and what we're getting here is really uh, 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 the essence of the Upanishads. Uh, uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says here that, uh, that uh, the first two verses of this chapter themselves is an Upanishad, a two-verse Upanishad. Uh, 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 you know, the, 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 the Upanishads uh, are those texts which uh, most directly deal with transcendence. That was the hardest thing to know. What is, what is the ultimate source? Uh, you know, that, that it's the inquiry into Brahman, that from which everything comes, Janmadasa Yataha. That's the definition of Brahman. 
that from which everything comes, the source of everything. First, first sutra of the of, of the of, of the Vedanta Sutra, which is the encoding the study of, of Brahman, Janmadasyata. Uh, uh, first, atato brahma Now there should be inquiry into Brahman. Uh, uh, some some comments say now that 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 you have given up fruit of activity, you inquire into Brahman. Uh, Prabhupada uh, trans uh, now that you have arrived at the human form of life, your business is brahma inquiry into transcendence. That's the human thing. You take it even a little broader than other, other people now that you have renounced uh, all worldly life, you can inquire into Brahman. But everyone's duty. And what is Brahman? That from which everything comes. Uh, and so what is that like? Personal, impersonal? Because it described both ways. So how do you adjust that and un- understand that? So we have this Brahma Upanishad, you know, that's the first two texts. Where we're parik- this is the first two texts is Maharaj Pariksha. Uh, uh, addressing uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, huh? The son of the ass. Sukadeva Goswami, yeah. Then Sutta is a little later. <laughs> but this is that's the framing conversation of them all, is uh, the sages of Namishra Nyafaras. So he says, Oh Brahmana, he says here. Uh, and, and you notice this text, the first text, Brahman, Brahmani, Aniyudesha. Oh Brahmana and then Brahmani in Brahman. Uh, 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 we are here, it is the, the absolute truth which is dis- described by being ins- indescribable without material qualities and so on. Uh, how can the Vedas directly describe the supreme absolute truth which cannot be described in words? The Vedas are limited to describing the qualities of material nature, but the Supreme is devoid of these qualities, being transcendental to all material manifestations and their causes. That's the question. And then uh, Shuka replies, uh, text 2, and this, these two constitute an Upanishad in themselves, right? The Supreme Lord manifested the immaterial intelligence, senses, mind, and vital air of the living entities so that they could indulge in their desire for sense gratification, take repeated birth to engage in fruitive activities, become elevated in future lives, and ultimately attain liberation. No, we're made, you can do all these things. Your senses and your words are not simply meant for transactions with the material world, but also that is there for an understanding. Brahma. Uh, the Brahmanas are those people who can understand Brahman. They have that, 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 that qualification. So this idea that it's inaccessible 
to human uh, thought and perception and speech is wrong. That's the implication. And that it, and the ultimate uh, idea is that not impersonal, but personal. Uh, that he name form qualities which are transcendental name. Well, what is a transcendental name? What is a transcendental sound? Uh, uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, uh, uh, you know, we, we ultimately have the idea that 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 uh, this idea of just inspired speech that there's a speech that is inspired, and, and it is because Brahman is non-dual, and therefore, if you have words that can express Brahman, those words themselves are full of Brahman. And the same thing with abhinatva nanamana. There is no difference. Abhinatva. Bina is different. Abhina, non-different. Twa has this quality of being non-different. Nama, namana, the name and that which is named. Krishna, Krishna's name are the same. Because that's the verse, right? Nama chintamani Krishnas. Chaitanya rasa digraha. The, the, the Nama Chintamani the name Krishna is Chintamani that is full of all spiritual opulences and richness and the Chintamani stone has the quality of being able to translate od, uh, transmute ordinary things metals or, or elements in, in, into precious metal gold right so similarly, the name Krishna has also this transmuting quality. It can change matter into spirit. That's pretty far out trip. So similarly, Krishna's name has that same power. Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha, that name is the form of all spiritual, Chaitanya here meaning spiritual, uh, 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 feelings, rasa, Chaitanya rasa vigraha, shuddha, purna, nichimut, it is pure, it is complete, it is internally liberated. How can this name, these two syllables, Krishna, have all this? Abhinatva, because of non-difference, nama, nama, nama. This book, this Srimad Bhagavatam, this one body, but there's all of it. You know what it really is? One big name of Krishna. You could take a name Krishna, it's very simple, right? But you can have more complicated names of Krishna. Jamuna Tiravanachari, that's the name of Krishna. This is a big Sanskrit compound, but actually Bengali, but same old-fashioned man, Jamuna Kiribanachari. He who, uh, you start at the back, Chari, he wanders. Jamuna Tira, Tira is a bank. Jamuna, the bank of the Muna. Vana, the forest, the, 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 the wild, uh, the uncultivated land, Vana uh, uh, is a uh, yeah, kind of natural, uncultivated land, forest or the uh, groves. Uh, uh, 
Jamuna Tirtha. He is accustomed to wandering on the bank of the river. You could name somebody, you could get that. Your name is Jamuna Tiravanacharitas. If you wanted to. You know, that's the name of Krishna. So you can expand it. Everything that Krishna does is so this this whole book, the Bhagavatam is one name of Krishna. Now the, the trick is to understand it. And by becoming, following the instructions given in the Bhagavatam, we can become competent to understand what it says. And if it sees a material world that we don't see, there's something wrong with our seeing. Because that world that's described here is the world that, the, the, that these people see. And so what we see, for good reasons, called Maya, that which is not. <laughs> we, we, we're looking at some overlay uh, that, that uh, has uh, deluded us. Anyway, we've run out of time already, huh? It's time to read the deed. We have, we have time? Go ahead. So I'm just wondering, so you're saying people have wandered all over the Himalayas, they never see the Narayan Rishi or all this other stuff. So are, are these planets like Mahaloka, Tapaloka, are they existing actually in, in, in subtle energy? Well, subtle means not, not, you can't see them. I mean, I think Narayana Rishi is there. I think you've got to go up in the Himalayas somewhere, turn left, chant the right mantra, and they'll show up, you know. <laughs> but if you, don't, if you don't have the password, you can't get in. It's a pa- these mantras are like passwords. They give you entrance into, you know... There's a whole realm of the, there's a whole realm of the internet that's called dark, <laughs> but it's there. But you have to, you know, there's probably many, and I bet you there's darker and darker and even darker up there. And those people that know how to get in there can do it, right? So is it is, is that a correct understanding that these realms are these? I mean, you might find Arnhem Rang if you knew the right mountain, that, but, I mean, is it, are they, the planets, etc., exist? They're there, yeah, they're there. But in more subtle... Well, in subtle means we can't perceive them for whatever reason. We're not eligible to see them. Uh, we are under the deluding power of the material energy. We can't see them. But, but, you know, when there's somebody said to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, we have not seen, Prabhupada said, what have you seen? The inside of your mother's womb. And we'd say, wet behind the ears, you know. What have you seen? What have we seen? And he didn't, he didn't, yeah, he, he, he Prabhupada made the claim that while flying in over Switzerland and the Alps, he saw Mount Meru. There you go. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai, Shri Mat Bhagavatam Ki Jai.